Being on the front lines in the fight to educate the next generation is tough. The goal of this podcast is to provide you with important updates, encouragement, and connection. Welcome to the Institute Leaders Lifeline. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Institute Leaders Lifeline. My name is Mike Sinclair, Deputy Superintendent of School Support at the Charter Institute at Erskine. And today will be our final episode of Season 1 of the podcast, and we're glad that you're joining us. You know, I was challenged uh, by Mr. V to think through the year and try to find a person to interview that would help get to the core of really what made the podcast what it was this year, what are some little nuggets of advice that we can leave the Institute family and leaders with, and I, I really just couldn't think of anything, anyone better to interview than me. So today, I'll be joined by Mr. Mike Sinclair, Deputy Superintendent of School Support at the Charter Institute at Erskine. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. It's been all year and you finally invited me to be on the podcast. So I appreciate that. It has been a challenge to figure out where I am and we're glad we made this happen. So if you don't mind, we had some of the Institute staff, uh, leadership staff, write questions. And so Mr. Jacob Carter helped me kind of cull those down to some core questions. And so we'll begin asking them now. So question... Question number one. Gosh, I didn't bring my glasses. Oh, oh, thanks. So, oh wow, they're my prescription. That's awesome. Let's get down to it. First question. What is the most practically difficult part that you have faced this year in the podcast? I think the practically most difficult thing was just scheduling, really, and keeping up with the pace of the, of the year. I think when we started, you know, I'd been doing this, uh, being a school leader for so long that I almost had volumes of podcasts and episodes in my head and things to do uh, to, to put out there. And we were fresh and it was new. Uh, but as the year went on, schedules got busy. The, the, the complexity of the work we do here at the Institute got uh, higher, more intense. Um, and, and, and we really got into video. And once we got into the video, then all of a sudden, Jacob and I had to schedule time together in the uh, studio. And that became more complicated. And it, as we grew and as we got more into the work, and I think as we got a better product, let's just be very honest with it. I think we had a better product as the year went on, but the more you try to put into it, the more complex they got. So I think really the most difficult piece of it was uh, just scheduling. Um, the guests to come in and, and trying to stay on top of that. Thanks. That's great. I mean, having that insight kind of into how your year went, it, it really is helpful. So I appreciate that. Here's a good one from Ashley. Ashley wondered, what's the best blooper from this year? Best blooper? Well, knowing Ashley, she wants me to say the best blooper was uh, right around Thanksgiving. We'd actually gotten ahead. Jacob and I were working really hard to stay ahead, to get the editing done. We knew the holidays kind of made things a little bit more busy. Scheduling would be more difficult. And so we hadn't recorded in, I'm going to say two and a half weeks probably. So we were here in the studio. It was a solo episode and he's ready to go. And I take my deep breath like I always do. And I start instead of hello and welcome. It is, hey, and Ashley saw that blooper and she thought that was the funniest thing. And so we hear about it all the time. It, maybe, we could, maybe we could take a look at it. Yeah, yeah, I remember that well. That was a great one. Why don't we just take a look at that blooper so everybody will know what you're talking about? Hey, why am I saying hey? What is wrong today? I guess we really haven't recorded one in almost two weeks though. 
Yeah. So, so there you go. So that was probably the funniest uh, blooper that we have. It just really kind of startled all of us. So it's a good time. It's fun to laugh at ourselves sometimes. Well, and I think it goes back to it just becomes more natural. Like at the beginning, we really thought and planned, but it gotten very natural by that point. So yeah, no, that was great. Ashley, thanks for bringing that up. I really appreciate that. Now, question number two, or three rather here. Mr. V says, what is your most memorable episode and what might be different in season two of the Institute Leaders Lifeline? All right. Uh, well, let's do different questions. So let's field the first one. Uh, the most memorable episode. Re- really, and, and I think our, our statistics uh, would prove it, my most memorable ones are the interviews. Uh, you know, I, a lot of them stand out. And, and, and I'll just say V's. V's, for instance. We, we learned a lot about V's uh, younger life and, and how that impacts him today and his uh, passion for education and, and really what makes the difference. And, and, and when you understand that about him, it, it really puts perspective on it. It makes not that you respect him anymore because we, we all really respect V, but it really gives you some of the oomph behind uh, what gives him that drive. Or, or Michael Gordon Smith in his interview talked a little bit about his, um, his life and, and he didn't start out wanting to be in public education and a uh, school leader, but through some life events, it, it, it led him in this path. And, and now he's doing great things. And you understand his why and some of that background. Or, um, you know, we have uh, 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 Reagan McCullough. And we, we, we listened to her and some of, or not some, but uh, the event uh, with, with her father's passing and, and how that's led to her healthy teacher passion and push to, to help educators be more healthy and handle stress and health uh, related needs. And, and when you understand those things, it just makes the person just really stand out. And you understand it and, it, and it really empowers us to look for our why and what we do. But the, but the one episode that really stands out the most is the interview with Senator Greg Hembry. Uh, he's the chairman of the Senate Education Committee. And, and, and he's, he's very candid in that interview to say he wasn't really confident. He wasn't really sure about what was going to happen with uh, the Institute on day one. He had his doubts and he was very blunt, very, very candid about that. But he's, he's open to say today he thinks it's one of the things that's right about education. And that really validates the work that uh, Superintendent Runyon and Mr. V set out to do five years ago. I had kind of a sideline. I kind of in and out a little bit. I wasn't on the, the Institute team at the time, but I was at the first board or the board meeting where they approved their first schools. And I was at the first um, awards banquet. And, and so I got to kind of see it from the outside. And, um, and and it's just really validating to see that. So so probably my most memorable episode would be Senator Greg Hembry. And, and so what are we going to do next year or next, well, next year, gosh, in season two? I think some of the things that we would like to challenge ourselves to do is, is maybe bring in some some virtual interviews, because then that opens up our guest list and we can look at some of the guests that we could never fly in or never bring into the studio. Uh, maybe that would open it up and give us uh, a, so, some, a broader range of voices to bring in. Also want to try to figure out how to bring a little bit more humor in, have some of those. I, I always started every uh, day at school when I was a principal uh, with a dad joke. Maybe maybe Jacob and I can figure out how to do some funny things with dad jokes. So, I don't know. I want to mix it up a little bit. I, th- I think our team here likes what we've been doing but we know that the, the, the we're on the tip of that iceberg. So we got some great things ahead of us. This next one comes from Rich. Rich asks, with all the successes you enjoyed at Brazier, culminating in the National Blue Ribbon School recognition, which of your leadership skills carried you 
to your success? And how did that skill impact student performance? Wow, that's a great question. Oh, that's a lot of unpacking right there. But I think if I was to look for a leadership skill that, that really was at the core, really, really that core would be um, communication. I think it's verbal communication and, and, and nonverbal communication. I, I think as a leader, you, you really have to keep those uh, in mind all the time. You know, I, I, I say a lot and, and uh, to the staff uh, that I was leading at Brazier, you say, your words mean something. Uh, the way you dress means something. You know, I used to laugh because I'd go into school and if I had a suit on, the kids knew that I was going somewhere and they would make a note on there. Oh, your, your jacket and your pants match. Where are you going today? Uh, because I didn't wear that all the time, but I knew that that I needed to communicate that sometimes. So everything down to nonverbals. But let's go to communication. You know, as a, as a new leader, if you're opening a new school, you're selling a dream. Your school's not there. You're selling a dream. So you need to be able to communicate. Um, well, let's let's kind of transition into Rich's second part. How did how did that skill translate into student achievement? Um, communication also means that you have to be able to communicate both in your words and your actions what your instructional expectations are. Uh, your teachers uh, come with lots of different ideas about what instruction is. And so you as a leader are responsible for building that capacity. So for many years, I really had to make sure that I was able to tell, uh, explain to our teachers what I expected and also be at a model. So when I was working with them, I, I had to model what I expected. When I went to a classroom uh, observation, I couldn't just give them the sheet of paper and say, here's feedback. I needed to be able to talk through it. I needed to be at a conference with them. It's that, it's that piece of it. Now, as we grew through, uh, grew out, we were able to build capacity and bring in instructional leaders that could really have that boots on the ground, for lack of a better word, uh, phrase, um, that, that could really get in there on that day to day and give more instructional contact uh, with our teachers because I was being pulled in so many different directions. Uh, but, but, but I think that's where communication uh, skill, leadership skill ties right into that student performance because the leader can't assume anything. The leader has to be intentional and make sure things are done in the vision, in the expectation that he or she has for your school. So communication, and it impacted it because I had to make uh, the staff see what I saw. That's great. Let's move on. Our next question that we have here is once again from Ashley. And she said, what is a great thing about working with the comms team, the authorization and benefits department, and maybe some, what are some of the challenges you've gotten from that group? You know, when you look at, look at the teams in school support, <laughs> we are united in our efforts and our focus on helping schools, but we are not really aligned in our responsibilities. But uh, really, if I were to kind of tie it down, that comms team, uh, Jacob and Ashley and Katie, really focus on telling our school story, telling the institute story. Because at the end of the day, as a, as a building leader, you know that your strength is that teacher. Uh, you've got to feed that teacher. You need to build that teacher. And the teacher's strength is how well that student does. Well, the same is true from the Institute, from a district perspective, is our strength is our schools. And so watching our comms team go in and tell those schools, uh, stories of our schools uh, has, has just been great um, to be a part of that. Uh, and knowing that they have so many other things from FERPAs to FOIA to parent um, calls with concerns and complaints, and uh, they just field a lot of those things that go unseen. And, and, and with Robbie Anderson and benefits, 
Um, you know, our teachers are probably our most important resource as a whole. And if they don't have the benefits taken care of, they're going to leave. They're going to leave. And so Robbie really, without uh, most people noticing it, Robbie's a linchpin really there. Robbie's a critical piece in keeping our teachers, our, 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 our instructional staff stable in our schools as best we can from the institute level. And then our, and then our authorization, you know, we got to be able to help open uh, great new schools. We need to make sure that we have a process to support the renewal of schools charter to give them the next 10 year charter. Uh, and, and, and things come up. You need to amend your charter. Maybe you're going to add a grade level. Maybe you need to amend your course uh, structures and, and, and whatever that is. But um, authorization is critical to the, to, the, to the schools working and, and partnering with our boards as well. So uh, it's been a challenge. It's kept me, um, it's, it's kept me learning. I, that's the part, the three parts that I really uh, probably knew the least about. People I had some experience with, but Social media, I really didn't like social media, to be quite frank with you. I opened an Instagram account just so that I could uh, see what was going on with the Institute and the Institute schools uh, when I took this job. So uh, love the youthfulness um, of this team. Love uh, being plugged in with them. Um, just bouncing ideas off. It's just so creative. And, and, and I think that was kind of what I needed to really jumpstart my creativity and engagement. So love this team and love what we do to support our schools. That's, and, and that's a lot of different things all wrapped into one school support team. So uh, definitely a year for learning for you, I bet. All right. Christy sent in our next one. And it says, if you could offer one piece of advice to the Erskine family, what would it be? Wow. The Erskine family. You know, that's, that's kind of broad because our family is everything from our schools to our parents, to our students, to our boards, to our uh, support staff at the State Department. So I, I think um, my biggest advice to our family would be um, to assume the best in each other. I, I think that's something that at home, uh, my wife and I always encourage one another is always assume the best from each other. And, and, and I think what it really comes down to is if we keep the student, we keep the student at the core, we keep the student at the core of all that we do, and we assume that each piece of the Erskine family is acting with uh, assuming the best from one another, that we're all acting with that student's best interest in mind, then there's nothing really that we can't talk through, we can't overcome. There, there's gonna be frustrations. Our roles are different. Schools are there to, to kind of figure out the best way to reach those students. And our job is to make sure that we're supporting the school, but also maintaining compliance. And the State Department has their piece and the General Assembly and then parents have their expect. Everybody has a different view. But I just, I just think that if we all assumed that the student was the most important and that we're all coming at it from our responsible lens, then we should be able to sit down and talk through whatever. And we should be able to encourage and respect one, one, one another. I think that's at the award ceremony, celebrating um, the volunteer of the year and the student of the year and the teacher of the year and the administrator of the year and the assistant principal of the year and the coach of the year. All of these, we're recognizing that it takes all of us, all of us to make sure that student's successful. So my best piece of advice is assume the best in others and that we're all working to make that student successful. That's true. That's a really good answer. I appreciate that. Let's move on here. So this next one comes from uh, Missy, Dr. Brakefield. What three pieces of advice would you give a new school leader? We really talked a lot about this in general through all of these episodes. 
um, of the podcast. So hopefully if this summer, since we're going to be on a break, you might want to go back and listen to them. But, but I'm going I'm to give them to you in a different frame. I'm going I'm to do three no's. Now that's K-N-O-W. Three no's. One, a new leader must know their school. So if you're a brand new school, you don't really have the data and the students to know because they're not there yet. But you need to know that mission. You need to know what your uh, innovation is. You need to know uh, the purpose. You need you need to know all those things because remember, let's go back a couple of questions ago. You've got to be able to communicate those. You got to know it to communicate it. And, and if you're coming into an existing school as a new leader, then you need to know your students and your data and 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 what's there in the school. What what courses? What programs? All of those things. But but number one is you got to know your school. You got to know your school. Number two, you got to know your staff. You got to know your staff. You got to know who's there. You got to know what their strengths are, what their needs are, where the overlaps are, um, where 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 your holes are, where where you might want to contract with an outside vendor to help you out, um, because you need to be able to, to to build that capacity. You need to be able to build your entire capacity so that in the whole of what a school is, you have it covered. Because you as a leader can't do it all. So you you have to have that staff be able to actually get in and do the work. And so you got to know your staff, know your school, know your staff. And the last one is know yourself. Know yourself. You got to know yourself because you don't know everything. You can't do everything. So you've got to know when to draw the line and say, I need to ask for help. You need to be able to draw the line to say, I need, I need a vacation day. Let's go back to communication. If you are coming to work and you're burned out and you don't have the energy or you're tired and you're, you're kind of hunkered down in your office because you just don't have it in you to get out. And, and, and that, that is understandable. That, that, that is natural for a leader to just be like, I just don't think I can get out today. I, I'm just tired. Know enough about yourself to then say, is it better for me to take the day off or to go for a walk or to go for a drive or whatever you need to do so that when you come back, your staff is seeing you engaged and you're modeling what you expect out of them. So be be true to yourself. Know yourself. So really, I'm going to leave you with that as a new leader. Three pieces of advice. Know your school. Know your staff. Know yourself. I think that's pretty the three I would leave at the end of this episode. Oh, yes, yes. Very good. And hopefully our leaders are listening and they're going to take a little bit of notes and they can marinate on it over the summer. So good ideas. I appreciate that. Last question. What was your favorite moment from this first year at the Institute? Wow. There's been so many um, being in schools, uh, you know, watching, giving an award to Cherokee Charter School and watching the reaction of their staff and and, and one of their students who got a perfect score and just um, how he reacted to um, whether it was uh, just different events like that. But but I think it all summarizes in the, the awards banquet that we just had, because I think as a comms team, um, we really uh, grew a lot this year. I think uh, with me being new and learning uh, Jacob and Ashley and then adding in Katie and now here at the end of the year, adding Christian in. Um, it was a chance for us to say, okay, we've had this year to grow. We've had this year to push ourselves. Let's just see what we can do. And, and from Jacob running the technical end of it, the, the transitions, the live cam, um, we had people there that were professionals in the communication world, and they were they were just in awe in what we produced there. And that was, that was really um, a lot of that comms team, and, and from Jacob to Ashley, and Ashley with all of the run of show and 
just really coordinating that was fantastic. But but then watching our team, the entire team, pitch in to do everything. And there was no one going, that's not my role. Everybody wanted to make sure it was successful out, talking to the leaders and the the, the visitors from the school, our guests from the schools, and up on stage in the excitement. And, and then to finish the day or evening with toasting uh, our five years of success and um, welcoming in the next five-year chapter of the Institute. And now watching our um, the media pick up on our um, principal of the year, our rookie of the year, AP student of the year around the state. We're seeing, we're seeing that get picked up, and, and, and that's just exciting. That, that's just exciting and when you can gather 450 plus people that all have one thing in common and that we all work for students at the Charter Institute at Erskine and we can come together and celebrate. Man, what a great night. I think that's been my favorite moment of the year. That's great. Hey, I appreciate you spending time here. I know you're really busy. I'm sure you have lots of meetings to get to. So thanks for taking a little bit of time out to spend with me today. Yeah, I was glad we could make this happen. You know, with schedules all over the place, uh, sometimes I don't know where you are, and I'm glad that we could meet up today. So I enjoyed it. Thanks for joining us to this entire season of the Institute Leaders Lifeline. It's crazy to believe we produced a video, a, a podcast almost every week this year, and we look forward to a great season two. Hope you enjoy your summer. You get yourself refreshed, spend a little bit of time with your friends and family and doing the things that you enjoy away from school. So when we all get back together in August, we'll be ready to go. Remember, it's all about transforming that generation and getting kids to reaching their God-given potential. Thanks for joining us. Take care of yourself and take care of those you lead. Be sure to follow the Institute on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Erskine Charters. We'll have all of these resources, including this podcast, many stories of our schools, and other things. So check us out. The opinions expressed within the content are solely the authors and do not reflect the opinions and beliefs of the Charter Institute at Erskine or its affiliates.